Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journey or their work-life balance journey so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for joining me on another episode and taking the time to tune in. If you are a new listener, welcome. I am so excited to have you join us. And just so you know, the way that this podcast typically typically goes is that I read a journal entry of mine from five or six years ago, and I reflect now on what I know as a certified life coach and what I wish I had known then when I was in the depths of my struggles. And so the journal entry I'm reading today is a continuation from last week's episode, and it is an entry from April 20th, 2016. And so um, it was a long entry, and so I decided to split it into two episodes, but the rest of the entry goes like this. I want to be carefree and have fun. I don't want to be so uptight and high strung. I have to work at getting there. It reminds me of the Brene Brown book. I really need to read it again. I have so much on my plate. I can't take on much more. Maybe this is a reminder to me that I am enough, even if I don't run myself ragged. Ultimately, I only have to prove to myself and to me. My inspirational reading today was about self-love. I still feel like I have no idea what that means and how to do it. I think I try to love myself in all the wrong ways, and in the end, I feel worn out, defeated, and less loved than when I started. I'm determined to get to a place where I know what self-love is. I can practice it, and I'm comfortable in my own skin and life. So, there is a lot here, even though there's just a few few paragraphs. So, the first point of being carefree and having fun, and not wanting to be so uptight and high-strung, I know... The, the Brene Brown book I'm talking about, I believe it's called The Gift of Imperfection. It's been many years since I've read it, but I always feel like it's a good book to go back to. So that's on my list of 2022 reads. Um, and then she also has a new book about emotions. And so I'm excited to read that. And I just have started reading the introduction, but I have three books going on right now. So I said I need to finish those before I start another one. Um, but the being carefree and having fun, this uh, was such a struggle for me at this stage of my life and feeling uptight and high strung because I mean let's be real here I was uptight and high strung (laughs) there's no way around it I totally was and it's because I was so focused on trying to heal all the trauma that that had come to the surface and letting go of the grudges that I was feeling because of that trauma so it was really really hard at this stage for me to be around my parents um, and feel okay being around them without feeling angry and bitter and resentful and um, keeping it under the surface and not letting it boil over um, because no one knew that I was struggling no one knew I had been in therapy no one knew I was you know, unhappy. No one knew. I was so good at putting the mask on and doing the whole fake it till you make it thing that I still don't think a lot of people to this day know how badly I was struggling at that time. All the way from 2014 when I left my teaching career to to up until this point and beyond. And because I did such a good job of keeping it hidden. And so because of that, I was high strung because that it's a lot of work to keep this stuff hidden. It's a lot of work to put the game face on 
when you're in situations where um, you don't necessarily want to put your game face on. You know, there were so many times where I wanted to just unleash my wrath on my parents and let them have it for not considering me, for, you know, giving me the life circumstances that I had and for not making, you know, for not giving me the things that would make me feel like everyone else, like I was normal with no struggles and life was easy. And it was really an unhealthy place to be. Because it put this massive amount of pressure, um, not only on myself, but those around me. And no one even knew they were under pressure. But I had this, I'll say, hidden pressure from my parents to get it together and to stop it. And to finally wake up to all the things that had happened in my life because of their issues. And that they couldn't see and when they weren't having the, the wake-up call that I so desperately wanted, it just perpetuated this feeling of being angry and hurt. And why am I not enough? Why is it not enough? Why am I not enough for them finally to get it? For them finally to realize? Well, partly because they didn't even know there was a struggle. And it's, you know, looking back when I was that struggling teen girl, I, I was perceived to be rebellious and bad and disrespectful and all of those things um, without their realization of why I was being that rebellious, bad, disrespectful teenager. There was so much below the surface, but they didn't see it. So if they didn't see it then when I was in the thick of a struggle, a very open struggle where my whole family saw what was going on school friends saw what was going on they were not allowed to talk to me or hang out with me anymore because of what was going on and so if they couldn't figure it out then why in the world would I ever think that they would figure it out when they didn't even know when I kept my struggle a secret so it was this pressure but also this need for perfection so for me to be perfect for my marriage to be perfect, for my kids to be perfect, for my relationship with my parents to be perfect, for my childhood to be, childhood to be perfect, for my teaching career to be perfect, for all these things to be perfect. And when they weren't perfect, that was where the struggle came. And, and the reason I was so uptight and high strung is because I was so desperately trying to control so many things that were way beyond my control. And I was never going to be able to control them. Not ever, not in a million years, because they were all outside of me. Not within me, but outside of me. And so that feeling of being high strung and wrapped so tight was because I had a death grip. You know, I wanted the my girls' Halloween parade at their daycare to be perfect because they had made them these amazing costumes, which is what I shared in the last um, episode from last week. But there was also this need for, for, for perfection with my house. So when I left my teaching career, I became obsessed with cleaning. So there's this um, lady who, her specialty is um, habits and routines and procedures to make your life easy and more effective. And um, so I became obsessed with her philosophy. like almost to the point where it was a religion and I couldn't not do what was supposed to be done that day and so 
when the toys in the playroom weren't cleaned up just so and they were put in the wrong box. Oh my gosh, I thought my head was going to fly off their sho- my shoulders. When in the end, did it really matter which boxes Barbies were put in if they were mixed in with potato heads? No, it didn't matter. Um, but this, but it came back to that feeling of being so high strung and being so uptight. It was because I just needed something. I needed to feel like something in my life wasn't a hot mess. I needed to feel like something in my life was going right. And I felt like my childhood wasn't right. My career wasn't right, you know. I felt like a failure as a mother because I wasn't patient, I wasn't nurturing, and I felt like I let my husband down because I was miserable in my job and had to leave. And I just and I was miserable teaching online, but I stuck through it anyway. And so I just couldn't let go enough to have fun. I was so worried about controlling everyone and everything that I could not let go to have fun. And I was so defeated and downtrodden and brokenhearted of all the things that I had learned when I was in therapy that also were it, it was zapping the joy right out of my life it was taking the fun out of things because I was so fixated on trying to undo all that had been done instead of saying okay here's where I am this is what happened these are the lessons these are the gifts and I'm going to take these lessons I'm going to take these gifts and I'm going to move forward And really tapping into that sense of resiliency and knowing that I had a choice. I didn't have to stay stuck in this high-strung mode, this uptight mode where I couldn't have fun because I was so worried about the outcome of every situation. I was so worried about the outcome of how everyone was going to perceive me. I was so worried about the outcome of whether I was going to be liked or disliked, loved or unloved. And whether I was worthy or unworthy. And so it was all of these things wrapped up into one that really just made it almost impossible to have fun. Because I wasn't looking at the moment in the here and the now. I was looking to the future. I was so um, so focused on, I'll say, I like to think big picture because it helps keep me focused on what's what's at stake or the importance of things but I was I was prophesizing for the future in an unserving way I wasn't looking at the big picture of okay what are my actions today going to influence my actions tomorrow what is today going to influence tomorrow I wasn't really looking at it that way I was just purely in survival mode and that was the difference is that because I was in survival mode I wasn't in thriving mode it also contributed to the high strung feeling of not having fun and needing to control and so looking back there was so much that I could have focused on that would have been helpful to have fun and so and part of that is looking to my kids so my girls are little their journey is so vastly different from my journey and in 2016 Lily was in first grade and Casey was in pre-k three And my girls have such a good imagination. And so they always had so much fun playing. And they still do. They still use their imagination at 12 and 9. And I love it. And so all I had to do was look to them for the example. I only had to look to them for the example. The other place to look was my pets. Like Franklin, my one dog, is the most happy-go-lucky knucklehead ever. Fun is his language that's the only language he speaks and so even now with an injured foot and being to the vet multiple times to have the bandages changed and things like that 
he still literally has a smile on his face and he still is trying to have fun and wrestle with his first sister Winnie and chasing the cat which the cat absolutely hates so there are so many places to look around to to realize how to unleash how to let go of that feeling of always needing to be in control always feeling like you're so rapidly tightly wrapped that any second it's going to come unhinged and really part of that too is letting go of perfection because that just does not exist so trying to create you know the perfect clothes for your kids and not having them spill not going to happen is the house always going to be perfect and following a cleaning schedule every day of the week no and is that okay yes and is the does the house have to be perfectly decorated for every holiday and every season? Absolutely not. And when we take those things off of our plate, the need for the perfection in the in the areas that are surface level, you know, maybe if decorating is really like your love language and that lights you up and that is fun for you, then decorate till your heart's content. But for me, decorating my house is not my love language. It is stressful to me. It is overwhelming to me. I feel like I do not know where to start. I do not know how to color coordinate. I do not know how to accessorize. No. So for me, when I try to do that, it's not for a place of myself. It's for a place of trying to make other people think that my house is amazing and I have it all together. But I don't need for people to think that because right now my house is a money pit. It is what it is. It's 300 years old and it needs a boatload of work because it was not cared for by the previous owner. So at this point, my house is what it is. There is no faking it until you make it with this one. So, and that's okay. And just embracing that. And that too is a huge lesson in letting go and perfectionism. So in full transparency, my husband is on the struggle bus with our house. On the struggle bus. To the point where when three weeks after living there, I said it might be a good idea for him to go stay with his parents for a little bit just to get out of the house because he was so overwhelmed and consumed by all the things that need to be done. Where me, I don't, I'm not consumed by it. For me, and it's adventure. I get to peek behind the walls and see what cool things we might find from generations long before. You know, out in the yard, we have to get a new septic system. And I'm so excited for them to start digging because I'm so hoping that we find historic artifacts in the yard that aren't broken, just, you know, shards of glass or whatever, which is probably going to be the case. But for me, this is an adventure. This is fun. I'm excited. But for him, it's overwhelming and partly because of perfection. You know, he's used to living in a house that's built in the 90s where the walls are plumb, the floors are plumb. Not in this house. The floors are wonky. The walls are wonky. The ceilings are wonky. There is nothing perfect about this house. And that's kind of the beauty in it is that it will never be perfect. It will never be perfect. And so that's really hard for him to wrap his brain around right now because he's used to living in a modern house where everything I'll say is perfect. There aren't the quirks and um, idiosyncrasies that old houses have. And so it's a lesson for him, but it's also a lesson for me too. It's a reminder of um, the fact that I used to be high strung and tightly wrapped when, when I was in my struggle journey and he had to show me compassion and grace. And now I'm having to do the same for him. And so it's really letting go of perfection and embracing the imperfection um, that really is going to help with creating that feeling of fun and spontaneity and getting rid of that feeling of being high strung and stressed and wound tight. And this leads me to 
the whole hang up that I had with self love. You know, clearly I was still high strung and uptight about even practicing self love and self care because I was so worried about it not being the right way or that it was going to deplete me or defeat me. And then I was going to feel worse than what I started with. And I think part of the reason I had no idea what self-love looked like or felt like to me is because I never really gave myself a chance to stop and figure it out. But I also, on some level, didn't feel worthy either. You know, I felt like as a mom and a wife, I should, you know, be putting forth all of my effort and energy into my husband and my kids and the animals. And then there would be time left over for me. And that that's really not how it works. And plus two having to take the time to figure it out meant that I actually had to be vulnerable and at this time it was hard for me to be vulnerable with others and it was hard for me to be vulnerable with myself because I thought that maybe if I was vulnerable it would just keep opening Pandora's box of all the things that were painful hurtful or whatever the case may be and I think, too, because I lost sight of my own individuality as a mom and a wife, it really zapped, the desi- like zapped my ability to desire and think about dreams and hopes and aspirations. Um, I have a mom friend who said that she, too, was having a hard time um, like desiring or figuring out what it is that she desired and I just think it's because we just don't give ourselves a chance to do that I don't know about you but there are times for me when I'm not going or I'm not checking off the to-do list I feel unproductive and so on some level just stopping and sitting and thinking about what it is that you desire or dream about or hope for or want then you're not doing something. You're not doing something to keep the family together, keep it moving, keep the house together, keep it organized, taking care of the pets, whatever the case may be. But it's super important to give yourself space to just sit and do nothing. So now when I do that for myself, I don't feel guilty about it because I know that I cannot run 24 seven, 365. I just can't. We're not meant to do that. And I have to give myself space to just breathe. And so I think that was, you know, partly too, is that I was way overcomplicating this whole like practicing self-care and self-love because again, I didn't want to do it wrong. And so I was trying to look to see what other people did. I, when we were moving, I was cleaning out my closet and I found um, a folder and a file folder and it had loose leaf pieces of paper in them. And at the top I had written self-love and, um, other like spiritual topics that I was interested in learning more about and um, at home decorating topics. I was And my goal was to sit down and Google self-love and see what came up and take notes and sort of study it. But I don't think that that's even necessary. I think that's complicating it. That perpetuates the feeling of high-strung, uptight, perfectionistic, I think it's really about listening to what your heart says and going with that in that moment and recognizing that it can look different today and tomorrow and the next day. It doesn't always have to look the same. It's going to change because we change and evolve as people. And so really just recognizing that is really the key um, to it. And just whatever is going to make you feel refreshed, relaxed, rejuvenated, 
happy, joyful, excited, cared for, loved, worthy, valued in that moment is exactly what you need for self-love. I don't think it needs to be anything more complicated than that. But I think the other thing too is that I was struggling because of limiting beliefs that I had because of stories that I, outdated stories that I was still continuing to tell myself. And I really couldn't get to the root of it until I looked at those stories that I was telling. I couldn't get to the root of what, what does even self-love mean? How am I going to practice this? How am I going to do so in a way where I feel comfortable about it and I feel grounded and rooted and comfortable in my own skin? It's peeling back all those layers to get to the true root of what's causing the lack of self-love in the first place before you can move forward. Because on some level, I could have Googled, I could have taken that list I found in the file folder and Googled and searched and searched and wrote down all these things. But if they weren't authentic for me and they didn't feel right for me in that moment, I could have done it. But it was going to feel awkward. It wasn't going to feel like self-love. It was going to feel like more of a chore than anything else. So I think it's just really this whole episode is about letting go of perfectionism. It doesn't exist. And I think oftentimes we use it as a way to keep ourselves safe. I know I do for sure. But I think the other part of letting go of the high strung uptight thing is just being willing to make mistakes and being willing to try new things and just see what happens and, and finding the fun and the joy in that. So I mentioned earlier in the episode that I don't interior design is not my thing. It is not my jam. It is awkward and uncomfortable, but you know what? I am on a mission to create a sacred space for myself. That's just my space where I can come and read or meditate or journal or stretch or whatever the case is. And my closet is going to be my sacred space. And I am committed to finding a nice chair and finding some accessories and some wall hangings to make this space feel beautiful and peaceful and calm and serene. And I'm going to do it by myself, which is a stretch because I usually ask a friend for help. And so I'm doing it myself and I am embracing the challenge, but I'm using, I'm going to use the opportunity to make it fun instead of stressful. And I'm going to just go with the flow and whatever speaks to me is what I'm going to get. So we'll see how it works. We'll see how it, how it turns out. It could be a complete disaster area, but you know what? If it doesn't work and it doesn't look right, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to say, that's okay. It was fun and I tried and I'm going to learn things from it. And then I can try it with the next thing that I feel so inclined to decorate or accessorize or beautify. And so, um, so I think that's it. It's just letting go of it, letting go of whatever it is that feels heavy letting go of whatever is making you feel high strung or uptight and just embracing the the here and the now of it and just taking the pressure off and my go-to phrase is is it going to matter in five years no if it's not then really don't be high strung and uptight about it because it's just not worth it so if you found this episode helpful please feel free to share it with a friend the more the merrier and also if you would be so kind and leave a review I would greatly appreciate it. I read all of the reviews to ensure that I am giving you the content that you're looking for so that you will find this a valuable place to connect and keep coming back so that we can continue this journey together. So thank you again for tuning in. I am so appreciative that you took the time to take a listen to one of a kind you and I can't wait to see you next week.